Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Oh, say American citizens, what we want is accountable leadership. Why don't we throw in a constitution so they know what's in that? Get engaged in the political process. You, my friend, are part of the problem and not the solution. The church needs to rise. Rise. The Monica Monica Matthews Show. Hey, Monica, I'm listening to your podcast from yesterday. The things that are going on today are overwhelming. As an adult over 50 and seeing what's happened to our wonderful country, it's more than we can figure out what to do as one person. What seems to stand out to me is that the conservatives won't stoop to the level of the liberals. The liberals get momentum being offended, protesting, rioting, boycotting, and we, the conservatives, won't do anything like that. We rise above it, and we're getting pushed out of the way. There's my thoughts. Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. How many of you can relate to that? That is one of my followers on my open mic feature that I invite you to every show to sound off about what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're seeing in your part of the country. Uh, Republicans rise above. We rise above the fray. Uh, I just said to my man earlier today that, I mean, at at what cost are we rising above on our perches? Granted, we do not um, destroy monuments, uh, attempt to dismantle the past or the family unit. Most of us are not as emotionally dependent upon our government and others' uh, mindsets that simply do not lead to liberation uh, on any level. Most of us as republic ends um, are all about the individual and our uh, constitutional values. That is not what we see being exercised on the left. And I just said, nor has it ever been for that matter. I mean, I think now we certainly have a more crazed um, left faction of, of the nation, but we also have outside influences that are financially and economically driving these things um, you know, driving the country into plunder. But as Republicans, it's like, yeah, we rise above, but 
It's almost as if we sit on our perches as Republicans, refusing in a, in a defensive manner to understand what's really going on. And, and we kind of, we see uh, entities like Black Lives Matter, for God's sakes, the, the manifesto was online five years ago when they started this. But most people likely went to the website and thought to themselves, well, this is crazy. Uh, the Republicans who are above it upon the perch of righteousness uh, look down on entities like this and think well you know that's just them that's they're just disgruntled they're disenfranchised they're just a bunch of angry black women next right i mean that's what we do and so my question is why are we always the last people to to the battlefield armed with slingshots i mean and that's really where we are now how many phone calls have you gotten from your leaders asking for donations? We, we need money. The, the Democrats are, are out funding us. Well, of course they are because they have someone like the boogeyman. For every dollar we spend, he's spending like a thousand to one for Republican races, for seats that they want to take over between Soros and Bloomberg. George Soros is no longer the boogeyman. The boogeyman doesn't exist. George Soros does and he has a lineage behind him that does as well. He has spawn in the earth. I know some of you laugh when I say that, but it's true. Uh, his son, Alex, donated over $60,000 to say C. Abrams' last campaign. What does that tell you? A lot of money going into campaigns around the country. And so for those of you who have laughed at me every time I ask, hey, from surrounding metropolitan Atlanta areas, you need to donate money into Atlanta races and help us set up really you know, great candidates to take the city back. And you laugh and say, ha joke's on you. You're in the beehive. We're not. What happens in Atlanta doesn't affect us. Really? Really? We have a thousand National Guardsmen uh, called up right now. Our governor is uh, distracted with having to contend with a mayor that won't do her job. That affects you. No matter where you live. Why are we not pouring into races outside of Georgia? Why do we not? I'm going to tell you why. I think we hold the same mindset with politics that we do with uh, our faith. Right? I mean, we have to be hustled to drop five bucks into the offering plate. Someone's got to have a hustle or a gimmick or, you know, a building fund or make us feel guilty or use the word to beat the hell out of us in order for us to drop a five or a 20 into the fund and we feel like we've done something. As opposed to show up with your time, your treasure, and your talent. There's literally a handful of people in every single state that keep politics and keep things on the right moving. I don't know if you realize that, but they're the people showing up for GOP breakfasts. They're the people dialing for dollars. They're the people helping candidates. They're the people out, you know, patting butts and shaking hands and kissing babies. Um, they're the people supporting your candidates because the majority of you could not give a damn about politics until politics gives a damn about you, kind of much like the law. Most of you think, what difference does it make? I don't, I mean, it's the law. What do you think is being used against us as a nation right now? Our very laws. So these are things for us to think about that the, her voice today, that listener on my open mic has really kind of haunted me all day because there's a, there's a, a real sense that not only is she feeling, I'm feeling as well. My loved ones are feeling my friends of how do we, how do we stop us 
from hitting the iceberg. And some of you feel like we already have. Some of you feel like we're just rearranging the chairs on the deck of the Titanic. I sometimes feel like one of the musicians where it's like, I know it's going down, but I'm going to keep playing beautiful music anyway. You know, what the hell? But it doesn't have to go down. And some of you are wrongly assuming that President Trump's victory could be a landslide. It's somehow going to stop us from continuing to move toward the iceberg. There's something about us as Americans that say, well, other people fought for it. We're good. Let's just put us on autopilot. Maybe the best thing that's ever happened to us, and certainly the most debilitating up to this point in my lifetime, has been this scamdemic that we're all living with right now. You guys can't even send your kids back to school. Half of you are bitching about the education system. The other half of you are perplexed because you're tired of dealing with your own kids. And you don't want to teach them. What? Like, we're kind of bipolar in that regard, right? I I get emails from you guys on the regular about this. I don't want to put up with my kids anymore. I don't feel equipped to teach them. Well, I wasn't equipped to teach mine either. I'm going to give you a little hint that my daughter's kindergarten, uh, you know, lesbian of the century who loved my daughter like, you know, nobody's business in a Christian school. <laughs> and she wrapped her arms around me one day and she said, Miss Matthews, I know you're concerned about your little, you know, your little kindergartner learning everything and being a genius. They learn in spite of us. And it was the greatest thing anyone's ever taught me. And it took the pressure off of me about my child. It didn't mean that I quit investing in my child's, you know, knowledge and education and wisdom and having conversations around the dinner table. But I can't even get some of you out of bed to make a bowl of cereal for your kids for breakfast. I mean, we live in crazy times where it's been, you know, all hail the woman and women's rights. And I'm a woman and I get it, but it it didn't come at the expense of my child. I'm going to drop a little wisdom for some of you today. Hopefully this will take the pressure off of this vacillation that you're dealing with of God, what do we do? We're going to be stuck with our kids to educate them for the first semester of school. Yet we know they're being indoctrinated, but we'd rather send them off to the thought concentration camp. Your first ministry is to your family. And I can tell you from God's economy that when you invest in your family first, you will never go wrong with that. And some of you could are just going to have to give up on the second home, the three vacations, the ski trips to Vail, the four-wheeler, you know, the trampoline, the layaway, whatever you guys have got going on, you know, to to live the lifestyle that you feel like is the American dream. Um, Here's the American dream, having a generation that will actually be able to hold on to the prospect of living an American dream. Right? I mean, all right, I'm moving on. Tucker Carlson, killing it. He had on uh, Eric Metaxas last night. Not not sure if you're familiar with Eric, but he is a brilliant man. I believe he's Orthodox. I know for sure he's Greek. He's one of me. Um, but he, I mean, just a prolific author, historian, just just speaks as clear as a bell for for even the most dodo of dodoist folks to understand when it comes to life, liberty, and justice for all. 
right? He's the guy, he's the go-to. Uh, he's a radio commentator. He's got a radio show, a great radio show. I had the pleasure of meeting him and Dr. Carson before Dr. Carson ever thought about putting his hat in the ring for the presidency uh, in Nashville just a few years ago at an NRB convention. Brilliant man. And he was on last night talking about you know, the desecration of, of Catholic monuments and the Virgin Mary around the country and why you don't hear about this in media outlets and in various circles. And, and I love the way, you know, I, I just kind of go, I'm a Bible Belt kind of girl. I'm, I'm not Southern Baptist, but I could probably pass as one on some days. But it's like, I just go right to the Word. And this is Ephesians 6 and 12. Of course, he never said that, and he was on Tucker, so it's probably better. But he did say that this really is an issue of destruction destroying God. Think about that. I mean, that is like the height of all arrogance and pride, right? But it's, it's pure and simple secularism. It's humanism. It's things we've read about in texts, in our government education, in our higher learning, you know, facilities. I mean, we, we read about these things, and but that's uh, those are the other isms that we don't practice. But that's not true. We do, speaking of not really practicing your faith. And God Almighty, I hate throwing my own pastor under the bus, but apparently we're not reopening our mega church with very little faith because of COVID. I mean, we have thousands of members at my particular church here. And he's decided not to hold host services, you know, through the end of the year. I'm not really sure what inspired him to do that, but I can tell you it wasn't faith in the healing power and the and the redemption power of the blood of the cross. I don't know. Maybe that's a little too fundamental. Maybe that's a little too much faith. Maybe that sounds like I'm some kind of a rattlesnake handler for some of you. I don't know. You know, I'm not the one where if Satan met me out in the desert, he meets me regularly every day, actually, on the battlefield of life and says, well, God said he would protect you if you just do this. Well, how many of us have, you know, tempted God throughout our teen years? I know for sure I have, but Jesus looked straight at him and said, "Mm -mm, no, I'm told not to do that. Right? I don't think that's what this is. This this isn't tempting, you know, what God says that, you know, you can uh, be bitten by the snake and you won't die. You can drink the Jim Jones Kool-Aid. That's not what it says. But he does, say, he does say not to live your life in fear. You cannot worship faith and fear. They both demand to be fulfilled. They both have power. They both have energy behind them. This isn't woo-woo speak. This is a fact. You don't believe me? Why are most of you on antacids? Why can't you sleep at night? Why are you pissed off on social media every day? Why are you so angry right now? Most of that's driven by fear because you see what's happening in the country. Some of it's grief for sure, but a lot of it's fear because you don't know what we're going to have within the next four years of our lives. It doesn't look good, even with a Trump presidency, for sure without one. It's like just going faster, a second term. But think about that. Faith and fear both demand to be fulfilled. So what are you fulfilling in your life? What are you basing your decisions to homeschool or not homeschool your children? Is it fear? Is it because you just don't think you're smart enough? Do you really think they're going to come out any dumber than they are now? And then define dumb. Because what difference does it make if they can make a living if they don't give a damn about the republic? If they can't tell you where Georgia is in relation to Rhode Island, what difference does it make if they can't balance their own checkbook? If they look to the government to provide their needs in the midst of a pandemic, a sham, shamdemic, what 
difference does it make if they don't have a year's worth of savings saved up, if they don't know how to plant a tomato tree, if they can't feed themselves, if they can't fend for themselves? Speaking of, let's switch subjects. How about the McCloskeys? He was on Tucker as well last night, as you can tell. I love Tucker. He's like the biggest truth speaker we have on the airwaves at the moment, on television anyway. Mr. McCloskey, you may remember the couple from St. Louis who were brandishing weapons, and <laughs> gotta love it, going to the left, in their front lawn, defending their home from being burned to the ground and their dog being, you know, shot or butchered by protesters. You can see pictures of the gate in the front of their neighborhood. It'll blow your mind. Literally a gate that was just toppled over by a band of anarchist crazies through the front of their neighborhood, gated community. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, this mob comes down the street, attempts, you know, threatens their lives. They meet them out in front on their property, standing on their property at their front door. Don't come any further. We're just telling you, you need to keep on moving. Okay. Their weapons have now been confiscated by the AG. Your attorney general, very important role for those of you who don't know what your attorney general does. Your attorney general uh, brandishes, speaking of brandishing, it wields an enormous amount of power. And fun fact I didn't realize until last night, her campaign was funded by the boogeyman. 98% of her campaign was funded by George Soros. So when you talk about your weapons being confiscated, and some of you scoffed and said it would never happen, those are the crazy tinfoil hat libertarian don't tread on me people who are always six months away from anarchy. Yeah, well, welcome to the party. Because the McCloskey's first example, they are first-hand example of what you too can suffer in your own state. The AG of Missouri was majority funded by George Soros. What does that tell you? His tentacles run so deep. He is the ultimate hydra on the political landscape of not only this country, but the globe. Now, I'm not looking at the giants and saying they're too big. I'm just telling you we have a giant who has multiplied uh, himself in the way of other giants by way of lawlessness to use our very laws against us to enforce and encourage lawlessness. But in other news... That's right, sales of edible marijuana are sky high. <laughs> Does that really surprise you? Managers of dispensaries said they saw an increase in orders for weed, gummies, and other edibles from new consumers in March, and many of whom were working uh, from home and dealing with the stresses of the coronavirus. Edibles, as opposed to smoking or vaping, some of you are like, what the heck is an edible it's exactly what you think it is, uh, but they're more discreet. Also, consumers may not want to share cannabis in the same way they used to because of transmission fears. More than a dozen states declared cannabis stores and medical marijuana dispensaries essential businesses during the pandemic, along with pharmacies and grocery stores. So you can still get your weed on. I know that many there are many people who use it for you know, going through chemotherapy and other uh, medicinal modalities. There are, you know, I have friends who, uh, you know, are of the gummy persuasion. It's just not my thing. I'm just not, I'm not a good person stoned. I'm not fun. I'm asleep 
So it's just, it's better off that I just stay away from those things, but good to know. So, uh, some of you have asked me about the abortion, uh, law being struck down again here in our federal courts in the state of Georgia. Uh, it was supposed to have taken it well. It was passed and signed just last year. Uh, I will say that, and all I'm going to say about this is that we knew that was coming. It was part of the plan, I think, for us to just take the step anyway. I mean, we knew there would be pushback on it. Uh, but in terms of where the legislation goes from here, the ultimate um, landing pad will be the Supreme Court of the United States. Georgia was the first and only state uh, to uh, acquire personhood. How about that? Establishing personhood is a big deal. How do you do that? Well, uh, by giving a tax incentive to people who are carrying a child within their womb. That's one way to do it. Because what does that mean? You have a constitutionally viable human being inside of the womb of a woman. Astounding to me how hypocritical we are as a nation. I know we say it a lot and we hear it a lot, but you know, even my friends who um, who maybe have never had an abortion, uh, but they believe that it's a woman's choice to abort her child. Notice I did not say fetus, but her child. Um, that it is her choice, it's her privacy, it's her right to do so, uh, whereas others of us are aghast uh, that, that we remotely think that this isn't murder, right? Because it is. It, it just is what it is. And for those of you who have had abortions, you may, you may be new to my show, but I want to say this. I don't operate within the realm of um, guilt and shame. Because there are many of you, I think it's possible to be a compassionate conservative in that regard. I think there are many of you who were duped into thinking that maybe this wasn't a child at heartbeat at six weeks of age. I'm not going to say gestation. That's the scientific term for, you know, where you might have been at any particular point in your pregnancy. Do you realize that in the state of Georgia that you can abort your child, you can kill your child up to 20 weeks of gestation of life? I mean, define viable. If we defined viable, which is coming to a left program near you, um, speaking of eugenics, um, how many people on the left would actually be viable at this point? But hey, uh, speaking of La La Land, uh, that's right. Governor Newsom, Governor Gavin Newsom of California has now reshut everything back down due to COVID-19 concerns. So restaurants, bars, all of those things have been rolled uh, back all that you know the death rate of this has always hovered and it well we say it's hovered around 98 percent right but you really have to ask yourself if that is even accurate because multiple multiple professionals and agencies have have admitted including dr uh scarf herself Burks sat on international television and told us that in many cases, well, in, in most cases, you, you could have died in a car accident. But if you did so with COVID, then you are marked as a COVID death. Who decided? Who decided that it would be a good idea to, to aggregate deaths by, by and, and will aggregate funding, rather, 
by by deaths associated uh, by by the cases. I mean, wasn't there a better way to work that out? I mean, we we incentivize everything with cash. I get it. But but when but if when you're counting on people, I mean that's just like our Atlanta public school system here. That's why we have what one two three four people I think are in prison in the city of Atlanta for uh, fudging for cheating our kids out of an education by virtue of uh, lying about test scores. Why funding? Funding. Why do we think that whenever left up to human beings to to you know get the big money grab? Why do we think, I mean, just like Planned Parenthood, you really think Planned Parenthood's going to be above the fray <laughs> and above reproach? They kill children for a living, for God's sake. So here they are with $150 million of PPP, the Paycheck Protection Plan, went to various sundries uh, within the uh, parent, uh, Planned Parenthood. Can you imagine Planned Parenthood? extinguishing the lives of children. I mean, it's just astounding. And we pay for that as taxpayers, right? So COVID deaths have always hovered around a 98 point something percent survival rate, right? But is is that really accurate? I mean, how many people have really died of COVID-19? That's a valid question. In other Black Lives Matter news, I'm not really sure what this means, but check this out. Whose streets are streets? Whose streets are streets? With a sign up front that says no white supremacy, no pedo bashing, <laughs> no Mike Cernovich. <laughs> Please tell me that that was like, no, that is an actual sign. <laughs> if you don't know who Mike Cernovich is, he is a character. Uh, he is uh, from California. He is uh, someone I follow, and he follows me, which is kind of cool. Uh, he is a, uh, a director. Uh, you can check him out at hoaxedmovie.com. He is, uh, he, he is not for the faint of heart. Uh, he's very honest and straight and to the point, but no, no pedo bashing? So remember, the ultimate goal is to feast upon your children. Remember that. I know that's really hard for a lot of you to accept, but it's just true. And so when you think of things like Pizzagate and, 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 and you know, the, a certain faction of the LGBT community is attempting to, you know, make uh, pedophilia normal, that's actually true. They, that's what they're attempting to do. And, and we didn't think they'd get this far with some of the measures they've taken to normalize certain things, right? Like your girls who became boys who want to be girls who are boys, who knows, um, that are competing against guys, right? Or boys who want to be girls now competing against your girls and winning as a girl, but they're still a guy. But you're not allowed to call them that because it's insensitive and it's not nice and it's unchristian-like and it's un-American. And it goes against our community standards on every social media platform. Yes, it is absolutely true. So 
No pedo bashing. The same people just chanting right there. Whose streets? Our streets. Holding Black Lives Matter signs. Also holding no Mike Cernovich. No pedo bashing. And no white supremacy. Oh, you can't even make this stuff up, guys. Speaking of pedophiles, this happened today with regard to uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, bond hearing. Going before a judge for a bail hearing this morning as we learn incredible new details about her arrest. Eva Pilgrim is at the courthouse there in Brooklyn with more. Good morning, Eva. Good morning, Robin. Glenn Maxwell is scheduled to go before a judge today to find out if she will be granted release on bond. And in the back and forth over whether she should be allowed out, prosecutors released new details about her arrest. And as that story goes, she was denied bond. She asked for a $5 million bond. To She offered to wear an ankle bracelet. Uh, as the story goes, when the FBI appeared at her door, she attempted to run. This is a woman who uh, has been accused of being the sidekick of Jeffrey Epstein, who some of you believe is still alive. Some of you believe he hung himself. Others are like he was Clintonized, Clintonized. Clinton, Clinton cited. <laughs> uh, either way, these are some very evil people, uh, allegedly. Uh, th- these are some folks that, well, uh, Ghislaine, for sure, uh, has a lot to answer for. I, you know, I, watching the specials on uh, Netflix was, was difficult for me um, for a number of reasons, but not the least of which is because a lot of these women feel like they will never, you know, Jeffrey's death was not enough. It was kind of the short way out. They wanted him to suffer like they have for most of their young and adult lives and will likely carry on with that for the rest, for the remainder of their lives. I want to tell you something. I fought long and hard for a couple of years and we still haven't passed this legislation in the state of Georgia because believe it or not, as much, uh, anti-trafficking, uh, legislation is proposed in the first lady of Georgia. This is her baby that she, you know, has heralded from the beginning. She's championed the cause of anti-trafficking initiatives and all of that and a grace committee and, you know, all this good stuff. Well, you got to know this. We are extremely pedophile friendly state in the state of Georgia. What do I mean by that? I fought tirelessly along with others to ensure that adult victims of childhood abuse, you know, the folks who you now see uh, receiving restitution, financial restitution, uh, civilly from the Boy Scouts of America that ultimately have bankrupted the Boy Scouts of America because they couldn't keep their hands off of little kids. Well, we had some of those um, victims here in the state of Georgia, and they came forward uh, to our legislature to essentially beg for our legislature to agree to hold these entities accountable to allow for a certain window of time for adult victims to come forward because it is widely known in the scientific community that someone who has been violated as a child uh, there are many times that it is so suppressed it is repressed and it does not emerge in the person's psyche, their ability to even contend with it, to remember it. That's not to say that sometimes these things are not fomented. I get it. Uh, Sometimes, you know, there are really awful people who attempt to assert that something's happened in someone's life when in fact it did not, which is why I'm not a big fan of hypnosis. If you can't remember it while you're awake, it's probably something that didn't happen or you just don't need to remember it. Uh, Sometimes that's the Lord's protection, by the way. But other times... Um, some people just want to poke and poke and create, you know, things that boogeymen that aren't there. But um, 
speaking of boogeymen, but in the state of Georgia, I sat before our very own Senate judiciary and decided, hey, I'll share my personal life story um, and all my tears and snot and all that. It's real attractive. You can find it online. It was horrible. Uh, bore my soul, uh, my, my uh, tread upon soul from a very young age. I'll never in my life forget the legislator who authored the bill saying that childhood sexual abuse is the murder of a child's soul. And our legislators thought that was hyperbolic. Some of them did. We've never passed a Child Victims Act, or rather known as a, as a Hidden Predator Act is what it was known as. There are, I believe, is it 38 other states that have a Hidden Predator Act to protect people in their older years who finally come to the realization that, you know, maybe for civil, uh, for civil remedy, they, they can um, seek some form of remedy from, from not only the individual. I mean, you've got criminal statutes of limitation and all of that. But when you're talking about entities that harbored pedophiles, right, uh, that's where we were going with this, was to hold entities accountable for passing bad actors around their organizations. I had someone look at me and say that that was hyperbolic. To say that, that someone's soul is murdered is hyperbolic. I want you to watch the Netflix series on Jeffrey Epstein. It is disturbing. This woman in no way, shape, or form needs to be let loose. And I imagine that these victims will find some form of closure in their souls, hopefully by virtue of their stories even being told and brought to light on an international uh, scale uh, that they have found some form of solace. But I can tell you firsthand, it is a lifelong practice of overcoming when someone takes your God-given innocence from you. This isn't just about Jeffrey Epstein. This is about every pedophile. So when I see people chanting, whose streets, our streets, with Black Lives Matter signs and leading the charge are signs that say, you know, no to, to pedo shaming. That ought to tell you where our society's headed. They're coming for your kids. Some of you need to be grateful that your schools aren't reopening. Okay, so on that note, I think I am going to uh, sign off for the day. Leave you guys to yourselves to, you know, be good to yourself, be good to your neighbor. Follow Monica on Twitter at Monica on Air. That's right. We're going to let her tell you. At Monty Matthews. <laughs> this is how you live life with Monica Matthews. That's right. We have lived life together for the past 33 minutes and 34 minutes and one second. Be good to your neighbor. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with some new equipment that I have. So you guys are going to have to bear with me. I'm like DJ Monica over here, but I'm, I'm having a good time with it. Learning curve for me. And um, in the meantime, I am going to leave you on this fine. What day of the week is this? Are we on Tuesday or Wednesday? I don't know. Are we on hump day yet? I think we're on Tuesday. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter. Like she said, Monica on your talk. The Monica Matthews on uh, Facebook. 
iTunes, Stitcher, sign up for my newsletters at monicamatthews.com. Share, share, share my work. Share it all over Twitter, all over Facebook, all over the world, the world and beyond. I will be coming to you on video here soon. Uh, but until then, be cool. Remember, I love you so much. Leave me an open mic comment. Have a great evening. If you're an American, act like one. Thank you.